Hi friends, it's Ann West, Executive Director of the Island Health and Wellness Foundation, and we are back with another episode of the Just for the Health of It podcast. Nothing that is said today is intended to serve as any sort of medical or healthcare advice. It's just for educational purposes, and hopefully we'll have a little fun along the way. So with that, in April of this year, Island Health and Wellness Foundation sent out a special appeal letter. This letter highlighted the Island Medical Center building on Airport Road in Stonington. This community responded to that appeal in the most generous way possible, and we are so thankful for your ongoing support. As I worked with my board to put the letter together, I started to worry that the historical significance of this building might be lost over time. So today's podcast is dedicated to reviewing its rich history and retelling how this island came together to make a dream into reality and how that vision has evolved over time. This will be the first in a series released periodically over the next year. The information that I share is based on a variety of sources, including Penobscot Bay Press, minutes of past board meetings, and a wonderful synopsis of the Island Medical Center's history put together by the board at the time of our 50th anniversary in 2016. I would also be remiss if I didn't mention a gift from Barbara Britton that resides at the Deer Isle Stonington Historical Society. Barbara presented three bound volumes of the history of Island Medical Center, starting with the initial concept in 1966 and continuing until June of 2000. Mrs. Britton was the niece of the late Lillian Greenlaw, who was instrumental in the formation and operation of the medical center. May Williams had started collecting newspaper clippings and Lillian continued doing so with the hope of being able to compile them into a scrapbook. Mrs. Britton finished the project in memory of her aunt. I would encourage you to visit the Historical Society and look through these bound volumes. They are rich with community, history, and photos of times gone by. During our series, we will discuss the fact that the Medical Center has gone through two additions slash renovations after its initial construction in the 1960s, one in the late 1980s and the latest one in 2007. We will talk about the providers who serve the community. Some were here for short periods of time and others served the community for decades. Change will be a theme throughout, how the community and the providers and staff of Island Medical Center constantly adapted to change. Innovation is another theme I want you to notice. Repeatedly in my research, the things being done on Deer Isle Stonington were at the cutting edge of healthcare for the entire nation. Most importantly, I want to highlight the theme of community and the collective power to make change, adapt, and work together towards a common goal. The Island Medical Center would not have made sense in a standard business plan, but it was desperately needed by an island community and their hard work and vision made it happen. I consider it a privilege every day to be a chapter in the book that is Island Medical Center, but I don't want us to forget the chapters that came before us. They shaped who we are and how we do things. So let's get started. The article Island Medical Center, a short history of a big idea describes the initial meeting this way. On May 24, 1966, a group of concerned men and women came together at the Legion Home in Stonington to advance the idea of a medical center on Deer Isle that would provide year-round primary health care for the Deer Isle Stonington community. 
The four essential components of their vision included locally-based doctors and dentists, relationships with regional hospitals, a local medical building, and a local nonprofit organization to develop and execute the vision as an advocate on behalf of the Dear Al Stonington community. I can just picture the meeting, can't you? A group of people gathered on a warm late spring day in Stonington. The air is abuzz with excitement. The need for medical care exists, but so many steps need to be taken before it can become a reality. As the meeting pro progresses, notes are being jotted down. This was the time before everyone had laptops and phones. Jackets and coats would be discarded as the air heats up with the group's activity and enthusiasm. And as the meeting winds to a close, they have developed a rough plan for where they want to go, but so much still has to be done. We know from the recorded history that this group started small. They reached out to both Blue Hill and Maine Coast Hospital about acquiring doctor services. Maine Coast agreed to allow Dr. Wessel to establish a medical practice on the island in mid-1967. Because there was no medical center in place at the time, Dr. Wessel saw patients in the former dental office of Dr. Tewksbury in Stonington. The group of dedicated citizens continued working on a more per permanent medical center space. Thanks to Wallace and Althea Knowlton, who generously donated the land on Airport Road, they had a place to put a state-of-the-art medical building. The groundbreaking ceremony was held in April of 1967. By that time, the group had raised $22,000, about one-third of the total estimated cost. They probably thought they had a while to plan and build. However, Dr. Wessel's island practice lasted just a year and Maine Coast terminated the affiliation due to insufficient patient load. Blue Hill Hospital stepped in and offered to make available several of its doctors on a rotating basis. Each doctor would work one or more half days per week, which was equal to five day a week coverage. This was great until 1969, when the hospital let the island know that the doctor arrangement would be terminated unless a medical facility could be made available. This put their plans into high gear. Undaunted, this group of residents worked tirelessly, tirelessly raising money by going door to door, hosting theater productions, and doing whatever was necessary to raise the funds to make Island Medical Center a reality. On October 12, 1969, they were able to hold an open house at the New Island Medical Center. At that time, doctors Richard Britt and Robert Russell of Blue Hill Hospital worked at Island Medical Center for one half days per week. Dr. Britt would be replaced by Dr. Chester Howe in July of 1970. In December of 1969, Dr. James A. London opened a dental office full-time at the Island Medical Center. By early 1970, Records indicate that there was counseling available at the Island Medical Center on Fridays, a family planning clinic, and a well-child clinic. Isabel Clark, Lillian Greenlaw, Gertrude Greenlaw, and Mark Elstrom served as volunteer receptionists and dental assistants to ensure the building and clinics were adequately staffed. Finding doctors to staff Island Medical Center was an ongoing challenge and the historical records from that time reflect Herculean efforts to recruit providers and find ways to get healthcare needs met in times of provider scarcity. Please keep in mind that this small group of the board were all volunteers. 
Chances are they all had jobs and families and other things that took a lot of their attention. But they really put forth true effort when it came to making sure that their neighbors had health care. In July of 1971, discussions began about a closed circuit TV link with doctors at Blue Hill Hospital and a trained paramedic at Island Medical Center. In May of 1973, closed circuit TV online started as one of the first such programs in the United States. It kind of reminded me of the earliest form of telemedicine. At this time, the medical center also utilized the services of family nurse associates. Mildred Roach and Elaine McCarthy are both described as RNs and family nurse associates. Elaine is further described as one of the first in the United States. I think from my research that family nurse associates were early family nurse practitioners, but my listeners can let me know if I'm wrong about that. In our next installment, we will discuss the period of time from 1976 to 1993. Familiar names will come up, Dr. Garland and Dr. Elpaw, for example. The medical center will also be expanded during this time, remodeling the upper floor and renovating the ground floor for a dental office. Stay tuned for more on that. I hope you enjoyed the first installment. If you have a story, a newspaper clipping, a photo, or anything else historical regarding the medical center that you would like to share, please reach out to me. At the same time, if you listen to this episode and I said something that isn't historically correct, please reach out to me and let me know. I can correct it in a future episode. In the meantime, please stay healthy, positive, and kind.